Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best-selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son, and I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process, to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers as well as being human. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is the real story. Uh, so I think the conversation about community is so vital, um, not only in the way that it's always been, but in increasingly new ways. Because even though with the pandemic, we've sort of been divided and or, you know isolated and sub-isolated and with uh, work from home and remote work, we've kind of lost an entire uh, like you know, community paradigm. Uh, I also think that like, especially like you mentioned, you know, in our previous, in our conversation just a second ago about being adults, it's all like, there's always been that question, like, how do I be a grown man and make a friend? Oh, and I, and I mean, I think it gets, you know, everyone says that like, oh, it gets so much harder when you get older um, to, to make lasting friendships where like I'm in a very weird crossroad crossroads in my life with people where the last two years has been so illuminating. And I've talked about this before, but really examining and reexamining the relationships that might not actually be the best for you anymore. Like there are people that you hang out with and after you are totally drained or, you know, maybe you've outgrown a relationship and it's really hard as you get older, I think, to weed people out. But what I've realized is like, I no longer want to sit around having just small talk about like, what do you do? And let's talk about our kids. And not that that's not fine, but I'm, I'm someone who's just super interested in cultivating like deep, meaningful relationships. I've I've often been a one-on-one person and I think I've always felt like insecure around those people who have like massive groups that they always travel <laughs> with, like not travel physically, but just going to brunch with 15 girls and, you know, doing all this stuff, stuff in a, a group, a group setting and group capacity. And then with social media and seeing just, you know, everyone out living their quote unquote best lives and and being so connected when really we're not as connected um, in the ways that matter anymore. But it's it's hard as an adult, I think, to go out and make meaningful connections in ways that I don't know, either aren't out of um, convenience, like where you work. A lot of people, you know, make friends where they work, of course, or, you know, go to the gym or, you know, all these extracurriculars. But more and more, as you were saying, like people are working from home. We are more removed. We don't have to go out to dinner. We can press a button and have our meals delivered. We don't go to the store as often as we used to. Like everything that's become convenient has really just removed the opportunity for those spontaneous connections and relationships. And it's, it can be a little challenging to figure out like, where is my community? What do I want my community to look like both personally and professionally? And and where do I start if I'm not really fulfilled 
in that area of my life. <laughs> when do you think it, like, I, I don't know if it's, because obviously a digital community is, perha- is perhaps not a substitute for a personal community. But it is true that like our lives are so busy and we're commuting and some of us have kids and you know, some, you know, we're dealing with X and Y and Z and the idea of especially like a club or like, you know, weekend running group, like is just like one more thing that we have to do and so the convenience of the community of where you work or uh, the community of where you go to the gym or, you know, if you do go to church, like at your church or in your neighborhood, if you're lucky enough to live in a neighborhood, which not everybody does, um, like is, can a kind of, can an online community be is that sufficient? Well, I think it depends on what type of person you are. So like if you're very introverted and don't really like people or don't want to really go out in the world and the, that in-person um, communication and in-person like hanging out isn't that important to you and it doesn't like fill you up, then sure, I think it can be a wonderful addition to your life because you really dictate and control how often you interact and what kind of engagement you have. But at the same time, I feel like everyone is craving that person-to-person connection. And we don't spend our extra time doing things like we used to. Like, we used to do a lot of recreational activities and, you know, play. I mean, play is so important. And like, yeah, like you said, like joining different clubs or doing this or game nights. Um, My family and I used to meet up once a week and we would just, we wouldn't do game nights, but we would go to no matter what was going on all of us would um show up for dinner at the it was literally at the same place every single week where we knew we could just like connect and be with each other and catch up and it wasn't about the quantity of it but the quality time and i think now people are spending less and less quality time it is very like cool, we'll book this thing in person for like two weeks from now. And then nine times out of 10, someone cancels or, you know, like you said, it feels like just one more thing to put on the calendar. And I have, I have experienced both sides of this. So when Sophie was little and I wasn't working a traditional job, I was personal training. I was making food for people actually, and like writing nonfiction books my girlfriends were my lifeline. And I had the luxury of like, when we moved to Nashville when Sophie was one, I had to kind of re-meet people because I hadn't lived here in so long. And I had these like four or five girlfriends, all with kids around Sophie's age. And for like four years, we were with each other all the time. And we had hours and hours to like go to the playground or watch each other's kids or hang out and like, talk. And it was so fantastic because I was unencumbered with, I didn't run a business. I wasn't living behind my computer. And now I have a lot of girlfriends that are like, I want, we need to have like coffee and when can we hang out? And my weeks are so fucking cram packed. And every time I go have coffee with someone, it's like three hours. And that is very nourishing, of course, but I'm having, I my struggle is with fitting it all in 
within the course of a week even. Like I try to keep Fridays open to socialize. Um, The weekends are tough. I'm really selfish with my time and want to spend time with my family, my husband, and myself a lot on the weekends, especially when I don't have book events because book events happen a lot on the weekends. And it's tough to, I, I don't think we were ever supposed to check in with thousands of people online have jobs, be so connected. Also, like if you're creative and working on a book, you know, that takes time, um, creative time, processing time. And then also like go to the store or buy groceries, take care of the bills, have sex with your partner, spend time with your kid, find time for self-care, find time to move, find find time to breathe, find time to be a good friend. Like I get so overwhelmed with it all that I don't feel like I'm doing a good job at any of it. And I talk to a lot of people about this where the thing they feel they're lacking the most is a sense of of a true, authentic community that that really does energize them and, and light them up and make them feel good. And, you know, once upon a time, we lived in neighborhoods where pretty much like Everyone, I mean, it was that village mentality where like you relied on your neighbors and they became your friends and they helped you with your children if you had children. And, you know, when I was a kid, it was like our neighborhood was full of kids and we just ran wild. And, um, you know, we don't live in a neighborhood like that, unfortunately. And it's something I crave constantly. And I feel so guilty that we don't live in a community like that. But the only reason I feel guilty is because I think that's what my daughter needs. And she's like, I love that there's not a bunch of kids in our neighborhood so I can like do my own thing. And because if there are a ton of kids and you feel pressure to play with them and like she's cool with it, but I am imposing my own views of what I think her community should look like that I don't. I, I don't know. It, it's like a constant, gra- the grass is greener situation. Well, and I, I, I think it's interesting because I think the question becomes like, what is, what is community for? Or, you know, and like, I, and you said, you, well, that's a great you question. You said it before. You said it, you know, mo- moments ago um, before we hit record. And a lot of people have said it. And a lot of people, um, you know, give this the saying it takes a village uh heavy credence and i i get that i will say like i i definitely see its value of community um and you know we were talking before uh about community in terms of publishing um and communities in terms of profession and work and communities in terms of like the creative, creative aspirations and how important it is to have that community to not only have a certain amount of moral support, especially if you're a writer, it's a very solitary, uh, it's a very solitary craft. It's a very solitary vocation, but also like people to tell you, to give you good advice, people to connect you with other people. It's, it, it, it functions in that way. I also think for me, and this is why I, the, the idea of digital communities concern me is because digital communities are a way for us to choose communities of people that think and talk and are the way we are. And while that's 
so important on a certain level. And I think it really is important that the people we surround ourselves with are people that encourage us to be better, but also people that think differently from me encourage me to be better. People that look differently from me, people that talk differently, people that live differently from me encourage me to be, me to be better. What we're seeing, and I think a lot of the reason that so much fucking idiocy, I'm sorry to say it, but like flat out idiocy exists in this country is because people just surround them. They put themselves in an echo chamber where all they hear are the shit they think. Um, so I think that's a problem. That being said, those are the things that I miss as a person that has honestly been without a community for like years. Yeah, talk about that a little bit, because I feel like you're not someone who, and I I envy that about you, and I I think I'm this way to an extent. I like it to come in phases. Like, sometimes I love being around a bunch of people, and sometimes I'm like, fuck, no, I don't want to be around anybody. But, like, you don't seem like someone who needs, you know, 30, 40, 50 people around you at any given time. Like, you are very particular about what relationships you nourish and cultivate and I don't feel like you ever it's ever a problem for you or you ever think like oh I should like really do this or this or this but talk about that a little bit it's I'm so happy that you say that because I don't know that it's not a problem like I I'm sure I think there's a certain so 2000 I left LA in 2018 I'd lived there for 10 years and my ex and I had a very rich Social network. We had an incredible social network. And it was actually her that I really credit her with helping me figure out how to better value good friendships. So I was doing that to a degree anyway. I was selective anyway. And I am not the kind of person that's like, I have, you know, I have 50 best buds. Like we meet every year in Palm Springs and we play around right. golf. <laughs> You know, like, I'm not like, I'm not friends with like my frat brothers. Like, um, I wait, were you in a frat? No, I wasn't. Oh, I was like, wait a minute. No, worry, worry not, (laughs) worry. That's what I'm saying. The guys that are in frats are guys that are like, got a reunion with the, with the boys, you know? Oh my God. Yes. Um, Yes. And I don't Uh, Though Alex was in a fraternity, which is insane to me. Yeah. But wasn't it sports related? It it, it was a rugby frat. Well, it wasn't a rugby frat frat i think there were a lot of people that were in you know playing rugby but yeah it wasn't i give him shit about that all the time um (laughs) but um continue sorry (laughs) i digress so so, uh so yeah so i i i've I've always been selective but but i really learned because i met some fabulous people in la that i'm still friends with to this day um which you know uh, some of my, I uh, leave my one of my best friend, a couple of my best friends, you know, uh, a couple of my closest friends. Um, so I understand the value of surrounding yourself with great people and being connected to great people. Um, but I left LA in 2018, and I of course lived with my parents for uh, in Arizona while convalescing, and then I lived in New York for a while. And New York is. You know, and geographically, this country is interesting um, because geographically, there are certain places that encourage community, like a a kind of geographic or place-based community more so than than others. 
Um, and I would say LA by virtue of industry, maybe profession, um, sometimes geography, uh, there are very tight knit communities and there are people you come to rely on. But in New York, it is like it, it's you do kind of you are you do become part of like a like a network, uh, like a like a neighborhood. You become very, you know, part of your block. You become, you know, you're you're a member of your building. You you are a customer at the bodega on the corner. So that was very interesting. But I still didn't. Ha and I had a couple friends there, but I still didn't have like a community per se. Um, and then. I, you know, I was traveling a lot and then the pandemic hit and then no one had a community and in getting back to like any kind of normal life, my Anna and I were kind of, you know, getting our feet wet in Durango, Colorado, and she, and then she got diagnosed and now we're here. And so we're kind of like, out to sea in, in a sense. And in that way, my community has become like my family, my wife, and like five important integral people like, you know, like you, who I talk to and communicate with on a daily basis. And that is it. And so there's a part of me that's like, I'm satisfied. I feel I Fine. think that sounds fucking amazing. It is. I, mean, it, I, I feel satisfied, but then there's a part of me that doesn't, there is now an ungrown or, or untreated or unproven or untested part of me that doesn't know how to do whatever the other thing requires, if that makes sense. Like, well, I mean, what, I, do you th what do you think I you think mean? I, I don't know. I mean, I just like, I'm not a person that like, I think I have regressed in a certain kind of s social way because I've gotten so used to the way that this is, if that makes sense. No, it totally I, I'm just sense. kind of rambling now, but no, no, no. It, but I, totally so I, so this is what I mean, but I say like, I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't know. And it may not be. And I could maybe just do this. And obviously like, you know, our, you, our families can hang out and I can zoom with people who are across the country and I can, we can meet up for vacations and blah, blah, blah. And, and that's fine. But, also, if the other thing is ever required, do do I still know how to like be a part of something larger? I don't know. I, I think I think so. I mean, I I don't know. I think like where I get overwhelmed in what you just said, like talking to, you know, five people on a regular basis, and those are are very, you know, they're not just like acquaintances. That is really all we were ever meant for. Truly, as human sure. beings, that's it. Sure. Like, or our village or our tribe, which might consist of 30 people, but like you're not having inter like deep, meaningful interactions with them on a daily basis. And sometimes I scroll through my phone and I've reached a point <laughs> where to, to have an ongoing friendship with someone today you know, we hang out less than we ever did before, like, which is, you know, it is, it is sad to me because I'd much rather do that than the back and forth texting, which is always open-ended, which is never going to end. And I feel like in order to really, truly show someone you care about them these days, it's like constant contact and communication 
with text messages or, you know, liking their fucking Facebook post or commenting. And if you don't do that, then it's like somehow you don't care about the friendship. And that to me is part of this digital landscape that drives me nuts because I would much rather have a fire pit in our backyard, invite you over for dinner, hang out and like talk and laugh and have fun. And and maybe we'll do that once a week or once a month even. But like that to me is so much more satisfying than talking to someone every day via text message. And I realize like not everyone is local, so it's, I'm grateful for it. But I think in the ongoing capacity, when there's so many other things that require our attention now, I think we're losing the point of what the word community actually means. And it's the part of being an author that drives me the most nuts because the demands for us to not only build a digital community that has a certain amount of numbers, but then to have all of those people buy the book and then to have in-person events and you be responsible for getting a hundred bodies in the door in cities, you know, across the country, like the expectation is ridiculous because unless you are someone who is devoting every bit of your time to growing your community that way, you know, very few of us can do that successfully and professionally and just constantly have people show up in that big, big way. But it is the expectation. It is the the demand of agents and editors and the industry at large, which just seems like a big vanity project a lot of times. And so I don't know, I've just really been like looking at, you know, community and gatherings. And it's funny you said like you might not know how to do that if put in that position, because I've had a couple of instances lately where I've gone to like I've had a lot of book events and I've had some in-person events, which used to light me up and used to just like give me all the energy so much so that it made me question if I was an actual introvert. And lately, I think because I took a big old break from it, I have walked away from those events like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I've kind of checked that off the list. And same thing with I've joined a writer's group, lovely group of women. They're incredible. But after a few meetings, because it's on Sundays, it's a big chunk of time. It's at least two hours every single Sunday. And while I love the connectivity and and actually getting together. I'm also really selfish about my time and needing time to be off because I'm so on all the time and talking to people all the time. Do you have any kind of a sense other than that of like what potentially has changed or what? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, so Alex and I did this journaling exercise for 30 days where we answered the same three questions every day. Um, I've talked about on the podcast before, but what gave me enthusiasm today, what drained me of energy today, and what did I learn about myself? And yesterday, we actually went to this um, little market and had kombuchas and analyzed our answers about everything. And the third one was the most revealing. Like, what did I learn about myself this month? So you look at every single entry, and what I really realized that I think contributes to what you just asked me is... I, all of us, I feel like, but specifically, I can only talk about myself. I give so much energy. There's so much energy output every day to 
you know, moving my body to being a mom, to, you know, being in a relationship, to my company, to being an author, to taking care of our finances, to just like what it means now to maintain and sustain a life that even though I can have down days and like, um, in down days, I mean, just like taking the day completely off and, or taking a bath or nourishing myself in some way, I never replenish completely. So I'm always operating on a nearly empty tank. And so when I'm really supposed to be on, I think I'm coming at it in such a deficit that like, I'm not even really there. I'm just kind of going through the motions and am so depleted and thinking about like all the shit that I got to do that it just doesn't fuel me in the same way that it used to. Um, And then also just being around like a bunch of people or a bunch of strangers and networking. That's been the biggest thing where I used to be like, ooh, this could be a cool opportunity for like me as an author or my business. And I could give two shits less about networking ever again in my entire life. Like that has really (laughs) changed for me. And so sometimes building a community is based, especially today, especially if you're an entrepreneur, it's all about, cool, I'll connect with you. What can you do for me? And that doesn't feel good to me. Like, I don't want to create community based on, even if it's based on reciprocity, like, what can you do for me? What can I do for you? Like, I just want to talk about real shit and, you know, like, be a good listener and hopefully we can enjoy spending time together. And if not, then like, I kind of don't want to spend my energy like cultivating any kind of fake feeling relationships, if that makes sense. I couldn't agree more. And I also like, and I think maybe there's a part of that, that that's age and the times that we're living in. And I, I I agree. Like I, I do look around and I'm like, things that mean nothing aren't worth doing. Saying things that mean nothing aren't worth saying and engaging with people where there's not a feeling there or a connection there isn't, isn't worth that connection. And if, and I especially, and I, I rue myself as a younger person who at any point utilized networking quote unquote as a way to like get ahead and it's of something course. I would never do yeah. now. It's something I would never do no. now because we don't have the fucking energy, right? No, that's, that's, I think that's the thing. I'm just tired. I'm and tired. I think I think culturally there is a sea change, or at least I I mean, there's still people that are like doing that song and dance, and that's fine. There always will be. There's always going to be outliers that you know. This is this this thing. This happens like a tide. This happens like waves. It does. It's not you know. You don't replace one thing with another, but. You know, you. I, I will say the one social media platform I'm on is LinkedIn, and, and I think seeing the way we look at working and jobs and life and the work-life balance, quote unquote, I think something is changing, and I think people are are waking up in a lot of ways um, to realizing what they the kind of life they actually deserve, and how fucked up everything is, and how we've kind of let it be fucked up. Um, because we were kind of like doing this, doing this dance, doing this like stupid two-step where nothing was real and everything was fake. And now 
I just want what's real. A hundred percent. And I think it's a wonderful exercise. One of my friends did this actually where you like draw a little circle and then you just like it's like at the inner circle. Um, So you're this is really an activity on like kind of listing all the people that you interact with or talk to or think might be close like your family. But then when you really think about it, they're not as close as you think they are. But on your little inner circle, you label like the four or five people that are truly your people and that you do interact with that maybe bring you energy that could be as different from you as possible or challenge you. But really thinking about like who belongs in that inner circle. And then you do a couple more rings and like sometimes you'll think or you'll realize that like, oh, this person who I call my best friend, actually we talk once a month and we don't really have meaningful exchanges anymore. Like what, where is that relationship? Have I outgrown it? Like, should we have a conversation? And Alex and I have really gotten into really talking about our families and how triggering they are for us still as grown adults. Like I still have a lot of sibling rivalry bullshit that I am realizing. Like my parents love them to death, but like they go out with my brother and his girlfriend. They take trips, they go do sports events. They do like all this stuff because my brother doesn't have a child, they go on vacations with them and they don't do that stuff with us anymore. Like our our relationship, I think I've talked about this before, but it's become very transactional around Sophie. And I've really lost that connectivity with them when we're together. You know, they never ask me about my company. They never um, ask me about writing. It's like, they'll talk about what TV shows you know, they're watching or like, oh, you should really watch this. So it's become very, uh, it's like very surface conversation. And I have realized over the past couple of years, like, I'm just not interested in surface level shit. And it's tough when it's your family, right? Because I feel like all of us revert (laughs) back to like the 16 year old versions of ourselves, but I have always just wanted to be seen by my family and feel like I'm not. And I've tried to kill them with like kindness. And I ask a lot of questions and try to make them feel special on certain occasions. And like, I don't know, I I really feel, I realize like, oh, I still have a lot of, a lot of stuff there. And, you know, years ago I would have put them in my little inner circle, but I'm like, man, you know, actually on a day-to-day basis, I don't, I don't think they would be there. And that's really heartbreaking for me to think about because I've always been so close to them. And then when I became a parent, it's, it's shifted. So that sense of community has shifted. Um, and I have a very tiny family. So like it's, they're very important to me, but I think what Alex and I realized is if we want to fix that, if we want to work on that and him, oh my God, his family is a whole different subject, but we are the ones that are going to have to instigate it. We are the ones that are going to have to bring it to their attention. And I think I just am so interested in people who are aware enough and awake enough to realize, like, I I don't know, with my family, it's like, oh, things have always just kind of been this way. So it's just always going to be this way. Instead of really reading the cues and, and the discomfort and being like, oh, hey, are you like, we should have a chat. Like I can tell something's up. I I don't know. It's just, it's been, 
it's been very interesting. There's a generational thing there Probably. too. Yeah, for sure. Where I, I feel like, I, I don't know if you're, if your parents are like mine, but there is a certain like aversion to that kind of confrontation. That of kind course. Of, uh, get it. And, and, and that's sort of like, I think with my folks, it's sort of like wearing away, especially with like Anna in my situation, like pretense has dro- been course. dropped because it's had to be, and I just won't tolerate anything less. But I do think there's a gener their their generation kind of looks at that and then their first instinct is to like look away. Oh, well you just said, I mean what you just said like is so important and I hate that it has to take something serious for us to drop the bullshit and just be like I love you. Like I appreciate you, you know, because I feel like with our within our little family bubbles we act like time or circumstances are just never going to change and you know yes. it's I remember when my so my dad's mother my mima died several several years ago but she was in the hospital she was still hanging on but we all gathered there and just we almost got thrown out of the hospital because we were telling stories and laughing and just all coming together in such a different way. And like, I have not to, I'm not shit talking my family. We have a blast together and have a ton of fun. And, um, I love them to death, but I think it could be better. And I think that's where I've reached what the point that I reached is like the relationships that I really love and care about and want to nurture. I want to make sure that I'm making them better and not trying to maintain all of these other relationships that, you know, probably aren't ever going to get really deep and get really meaningful and us do all different kinds of things together. Like, to me, the overwhelm of having to maintain it all, including my marriage, is like, it's just, it feels like it's too much. And so I really crave, I do crave the local like walk to like know your neighbors. I I do crave that because I think that that is like so accessible and I'm so lazy. I'm like, if I have to get in my car and drive 20 minutes to go hang out with you, like it's not going to happen that much. And I hate that I've become like that, you know, like I want, you know, just say, Hey, come on over for a cup of coffee or drink. Like, and I know people live in neighborhoods like that. And that's really when we move, that's one of our things we're searching for is to be way more aware of those types of neighborhoods. But I know they exist. However, the ones that I've seen are very wealthy. They're very white. And like, I don't want that either. You know, I want that. I want people who are different from me, who think differently than me, who look differently than me, as you were discussing. And it's just becoming increasingly more difficult, I think, to organically find places like that because we all live, I don't know, we just all live so differently now. What a note to end on. That is true. We all live so differently now. Um, Where do you find your community? I mean, how, like, how do you, yeah, I guess that's the question I would love to pose. That's a question for you guys out there, email us at podcast at rightwayco.com. Where are you finding your communities? Especially now, I think it's an interesting time to discuss that as we are, I mean, if we are rounding the corner back into the new normal, yes. <laughs> um, where are we going? 
Where are we going? Are we go are we going to go more deeper online? Are we going to go meta or are we are we actually going to go back out into the world and uh, start interacting with one another again. Thanks for listening to Right Way Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Right Way, visit rightwayco.com.